You are listening to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this disciple's journey with me. This week, we've been reading through the book of Job, and today's episode, we're looking at how do we worship from the text of Job. And each week on our worship day, I've got my partner in crime, Brother Terrell Boger. And so, Terrell, good to see you today. Good to see you too. So we've been in the book of Job. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) I I enjoy the book of Job. It uh, it challenges me every time I read it. As I get older, um, I have to admit, I do. We read it once for a college class. I didn't enjoy it as much back in my early 20s, but now in my 40-something, uh, it's it's much more enjoyable. It's so insightful. Uh, definitely uh, definitely challenging, insightful. Uh, man, I, I feel like every time I go through it, I come away with uh, more understanding mm-hmm. uh, and, and appreciation for what yes. Job went through so that so that in, in our times uh, of, of whether it be suffering or discouragement, that uh, that the book of Job gives us gives us that encouragement. So uh, let me just begin as we as we look at worship from Job. Job begins uh, with the statement: uh, "There was a man who lived in the land mm-hmm. of Uz uh, who was blameless before God." And by the end of chapter one, he's lost almost everything in his yeah. life, and yet we see that blameless, blameless or righteous spirit where he says, "Naked came I from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return to the dust." Uh, you give and take away, blessed be the name yes. of the Lord. And so in that, uh, I, I would sum that up, That that's worship right mm-hmm. there. That is the epitome of, of worship, yeah. turning to God in the midst of our, uh, of, uh, in the midst of our suffering. So as a worship leader, yes. how much does, and we don't talk about it often, but how much does suffering play into worship? A lot. Um, I was having this conversation with my son the other day that there's days, if, if we can be honest, you don't feel it. And and Christian, we all know Christianity is not one of those things you feel. So I said, there's days sometimes that you just, before your feet hit the floor, you're like, I'm choosing this today. Mm. God, I'm choosing you. I don't feel it. I don't understand it. And let's be honest, sometimes I just don't want to. Mm. But I'm choosing you because I know it's right. And I think those are sometimes some really huge acts of worship to know, God, I'm not in it. Take me out of this. Fill me with your spirit because I can't do it today. Absolutely. You know, I shared a couple of weeks ago when we had an emphasis on mental health in the church and how the church responds to to, to that part of our lives. Uh, I shared personally uh, a, a time a few mm-hmm. years back where I just struggled with depression yeah. and uh, diagnosed anxiety and, and uh, kind of like a broken arm physically. There was a brokenness mm-hmm. in me that had to I had to heal. And yeah. I'm definitely not where I was then. And so I'm so thankful that I have healed from that. Yeah. But, but <clears throat> I just kind of shared publicly with the church to let them know, hey, even pastors struggle. And, yeah. um, so has there ever been a time that you would say, you know what, I, I can... I can empathize with the oh, way that definitely. Job feels. Maybe not everything you mm-hmm. went through, but but how about share yeah. just a little bit? Well, those of y'all that know me know before I got into ministry or in between my times in ministry, I taught middle school band for eight years. And I taught for at one school for about five years and um, got a little prideful and said, God, I deserve a bigger school with uh, more notoriety and more success. I, I think I deserve that, God. And God gave that to me. And a year later, I was relinquished of my position there. <laughs> so it was a nice way of saying I got fired. And for about three or four years, it was just spinning my wheels. Um, 
you know, what I thought was what I was supposed to do. One of my dreams was taken away from me, but it was God's way of saying, I did not call you to that. I let you go there to heal, but now it's time to go back to what you're supposed to be doing. And I tried to do it my own way. Like sometimes we Christians do It's like, well, God, I got this. And then I did, I was in ministry for a part time and I was like, see, I'm doing what you want, God, but I'm still doing what I want. And God finally was like, no, step out in faith. Um, you need to do this. And I remember at my last job, I told the principal, I think I need to resign. Not knowing what was about to happen, but I knew God was telling me, you let go of this and you're going to be taken care of. Yeah. And it led me to Florida, which has led me to here. And let me tell you, God's plans, God's ways are a lot better than our own. That's, amen. <laughs> amen. So for, for those who might be struggling, whether it be uh, job-wise mm-hmm. or uh, relationships, family, church, whatever it might be, that could cause some suffering, maybe even physical pain yeah. and, and diseases, um, as a worship leader, uh, what, what are some songs even that you would say, you know, this, if somebody were to come to you mm-hmm. and say, hey, I'm struggling— where would you immediately say top three, four songs? You'd immediately yeah. send them to, along with the Word of God, of course. Yeah. But to 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 be encouraged. Well, you mentioned one right off the bat. Blessed be your name. That line you give and take away, and Redmond does a good job of just taking us through. Um, sometimes I, I heard somebody say, "Sometimes wake up and fake a smile because eventually it gets into us." Sometimes we just need to, blessed be the name of the Lord, and say that. And maybe sometimes it's a little forced, but it starts getting into us. And then you're like, yes, you know, God, sometimes you give and take away. Sometimes um, I don't understand, but I am going to praise you anyway, mm-hmm. which makes me think of another song that came out, um, I believe it was right before the shutdown happened. Um, Ren Collective, one of my favorite groups, they did, did a song called I Choose to Worship. And the first verse says, though there's pain in the offering, I lay it down. And the chorus says, I praise you through the fire, through the storm and through the flood. That is nothing that could ever steal my song. In the valley you are worthy. You are good when life is not. And you will always and forever be my song. So that's one I go to. Because sometimes, like I said earlier, you've got to choose it. Mm. You know, it's like with when you're in a marriage. I choose to love my wife today. Um, I choose to worship God today. I don't feel it sometimes, but it's not about feelings. It's about the truth. Um, one of my favorite songs of all time that I would go to is It Is Well. Because one, if you know the song, that how can somebody who went through that pain of losing all of his children. As he's going over that spot, writes such a beautiful hymn that talks about our suffering. You know, um, when he talks about, uh, in the third verse, though Satan should buffet, though trial should come, let this blessed assurance take control. And sometimes that's what you got to do. Say, God, this is just out of my control. I give it to you. And in the fourth verse, I love, I don't think people talk about it enough, when it starts out with um, my sin, Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part, but the whole. So you have to remember, no matter how down you get, your sin is taken care of, your eternity is taken care of, not just little bits and pieces of it, but all of it, past, present, and future, is on the cross. And we bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, brother. I want to uh, now... uh, those songs that you've mentioned, you've actually got a song yes. for us that, and I didn't mention it yet. <laughs> it, it is one of my favorite songs. I, I can't tell you how this song has ministered to me. And so, tell us a little bit about the song and lead us in. It was written by Shane and Shane, and I think I learned about it from a friend at our church when I first got here. It's not that old of a song. It's just now ten years old, but it's called "Though You Slay Me." And the first video I saw, you've probably seen it, where Shane and Shane are singing it, 
and in the middle is an instrumental and uh john piper yes we, uh, we played it as an invitation one Sunday. yes yes and if you haven't seen that just go uh search on youtube though you slay me shane and shane john piper and then have your kleenex handy because <laughs> this song is just beautiful um and it, a lot of it a lot of the text from the music comes from job and a lot of the psalms which we see you know in the bible David dealt with suffering and oppression. Job dealt with it. Elijah dealt with it. So when people say, hey, depression's not biblical. You shouldn't be depressed. Well, look in the Bible. It happens. And that's why we have the Bible. So we know that we're not the only ones going through this. But this song, I love how it says, Though you slay me, yet I will praise you. Though you take from me, I will bless your name. And though you ruin me, still I will worship. So it's just a beautiful song that uh, I hope I can make it all the way through. Yet I will pray 
sing a song to the one who's all I need. Sing a song to the one who's all I need. Wow, what a great song, great reminder that we worship in the midst of our suffering. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. Well, brother, as we close out our episode, we come to our Hey, Check This Out moment yes. uh, resource of the week. What is your Check This Out resource? Well, um, we talked about him a few weeks ago, Charles Swindoll. Uh, no, it's Charles Stanley, excuse me. Charles Swindoll wrote a series of books called, um, they're just great characters of the Bible. And this one is called Job, A Man of Heroic Endurance. Mm. And I love these books because they take, a more personal approach and I don't know if you're this way sometimes I forget that these people in the Bible were real people just like me and you yeah. you know Job was real David was real Moses was real they dealt with a lot of the same things we did and it's just, it's just a reminder that um, you know these are real people that we can relate to them they're not just these fictional mythical creatures and tales from the Bible it's honest it's true and I love just how Swindoll just kind of personalizes it and makes it easy to understand sometimes because I'll be honest, I'm not a smart person. Sometimes when I read stuff in the Bible, I have a hard time understanding it, but I love the way Swindoll takes these characters and he's got a bunch. He's got about nine or 10 of them hmm. and they're just wonderful reads. Oh, awesome. Thank you for that, brother. I've actually not read Swindoll's mm -hmm. book on Job. And so I, I, I'll need to, that'll definitely go in my library pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> my check this out resource, um, uh, is actually a book written by uh, Stephen Grevich, uh, and I I hope that's how you say his name. Uh, but he is a medical doctor, and he wrote a book entitled "Mental Health and mm -hmm. the Church." Uh, it's a ministry handbook for including children and adults with ADHD, anxiety, mood disorders, and other common mental health conditions. Uh, and so. Uh, a few weeks ago, I mentioned that we did an emphasis on mental health in the church because that's a topic that most churches shy away from and yeah. really don't know how to yeah. uh, how to minister. Well, there's a statement in here by Amy Simpson who wrote Troubled Minds where she uh, uh, talks about overcoming stigma in the church. And Dr. Stephen and Amy kind of write this. He, they say some churches actually intentionally reject people with mental illness. In their theological framework, mental illness has no place among God's people. But most churches do not hold to the kind of theology that overtly blames, rejects, and casts out people whose brains have shown themselves particularly vulnerable to the forces of disease and decay mm. that haunt us in all various ways. Even so, many inadvertently communicate rejection through their policies or culture. And that was an eye-opening statement that, uh, that really... Um, really put me on a trajectory of how do we as a church uh, not not just um, reject people, but are there times that we inadvertently, inadvertently mm -hmm. um, push people away? Yeah. And, uh, and some churches do that intentionally, some churches uh, unintentionally. But I want to make sure that we don't act like Job's friends. Yeah. Who... For a time, came and sat with him, but then they opened their mouths and began to blame Job. Yeah, and 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 I've been very particular this week, uh, reading through Job to look at not just his physical pain, mm -hmm. but his emotional trauma. Yeah, uh, and and we've got people in in our congregations 
that just need friends and mm-hmm. need friendship, need the grace of God. And so that's a good book. Mental Health and the Church is something that I'm, I'm passionate about and pray that we have more wisdom in dealing with. Yeah. So, well, Brother Terrell, any last words? One that just came to me, learn from Job and surround yourself with good friends. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that would be the greatest encouragement. Yeah. Good, godly friends. Well, we thank you so much for listening today. I pray that you've enjoyed our time in Job this week and that today uh, that you would learn to worship even in the midst of suffering. We love you. We're praying for you. Stakes in the ground. Mm-hmm.